a robot companion to bridge the loneliness gap. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. David Hansen, founder, CEO, and chief creative officer of Hansen Robotics, and Sophia, the robot organism. Welcome, David and Sophia. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with you, Tanya. Absolutely. Hello, Tanya. It's great to meet you. David, explain the mission of Hansen Robotics. Uh, Hansen Robotics was founded to develop human-like computing and robots uh, that could learn in a variety of situations and help people, and eventually, um, through ongoing science and engineering, become truly alive. So uh, I have a background in arts. I worked for Disney developing uh, uh, animatronics as research and development uh, and doing sculpture as well. And I have a film animation degree. I chose to drive towards an interactive arts and engineering PhD that would fuse the backgrounds of the arts uh, with bio-inspired engineering. So I uh, was exploring material science, the mechanics of facial expressions, uh, and also cognitive robotics. How can we make uh, robots perceive people better, interact, interact with people in a lifelike way? And I developed uh, the Android portrait of Philip K. Dick as part of my PhD work and a collaboration with the Institute for Intelligent Systems at the University of Memphis uh, with Andrew Olney and Art Grasser. Uh, we worked on um, uh, the uh, uh, walking Albert Hubo, I was a visiting student at Keist, uh, so that was a, like a walking, facially expressive uh, Albert Einstein, and we also were experimenting with uh, the auto uh, tutor uh, software, uh, an AI-powered uh, physics tutoring software uh, from the University of Memphis, uh, working through Albert Einstein. It was like really cool to, um, to explore that combination of technologies, won the first place prize for the Association for the Advancement of Artificial Intelligence, open interaction for 2005, um, and uh, then developed a wide series of other robots, uh, one called Eva, uh, Hertz, Alice, um, uh, Diego Son for the University of California at San Diego, uh, Charles Babbage portrait for the University of Cambridge, uh, one called Jules that went to the University of Bristol, um, uh, one that was called Eva Alice for the University of Geneva, so that was used in a cognitive uh, AI project uh, for the European Union, um, uh, 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 some uh, consortium project called Indigo. Uh, so th the power here is bringing together interactive fiction. So we hope that these robots will, will really, really um, uh, extend the power of um, technology to make life better. Um, AI and robotics, is about efficiency, it's about helping people, it's about uh, creativity and creating new opportunities. Um, and putting in the arts here then makes the robots communicate better with people, um, lets us explore what it means to be alive, to be conscious. So our mission here is to, number one, put together new, exciting, creative versions of robots and artificial intelligence that really help people. And two, to explore bringing machines to life as real synthetic organisms that can help to accelerate uh, our understanding of the world, appreciate what it means to be alive, uh, 
to raise them in the human family because they can learn from the kind of exchange with people and then really help people because they care. So making AI that cares about people uh, is a grand challenge and that's the one that we're trying to tackle at Hanson Robotics. Tell us about Sophia's healthcare use case. Sophia is both a work of uh, interactive fiction where we craft what her personality is and she's also uh, a showcase for machine learning where she'll learn from the interactions, taking some of the data and remembering. Uh, she will also then uh, use the machine learning for perception to perceive the user um, and uh, then combine that with multiple uh, points of interface, including these hands and arms. The hands have uh, force uh, sensors uh, in the fingertips, spring series elastic actuators all through the, the joints. Um, and she has also uh, locomotion. So uh, you can uh, ask her to go to our charging base and she'll automatically move around to move to um, uh, different locations. So we put all of these things together into a kind of universal robot platform. Sophia's face is actually uh, smaller, much smaller than the previous robots like uh, Bina 48 and Ibn Sena. These uh, robots um, are, were designed to be universal, but here we are now scaling the manufacturing so that we can then take all of the mechanisms from Sophia and put these into almost any other robot identity, uh, getting the cost down, the quality up, the reliability, and putting application developer tools with um, the software that we call Hanson AI uh, out there, which interfaces with the robot operating system, with uh, a bunch of tools from um, uh, the from BERT to the open AI tool chain, many other artificial intelligence tools, SingularityNet, which uh, was founded in Hanson Robotics, which is a blockchain-based AI project um, run by AI scientist Ben Gertzel, who's a close friend of mine. So that interfaces with the Hanson AI software. So it becomes a kind of, um, uh, uh, you know, tinkerer's uh, 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 cabinet, if you will. You can, you can put these tools together in a wide variety of ways for cognitive uh, AI development, uh, the brain-inspired cognitive architectures, you can have those control the hands and the arms, like uh, one of our uh, research fellows at Hanson Robotics named Elishba uh, uh, Imran. She uh, is doing convolutional neural network-based machine learning for the control of Sophia's arms. We just published a paper on that recently. Um, so we've got like a lot of people from senior scientists to kids who are experimenting with these tools. Um, and then in some cases, uh, maturing the applications and deploying them, a version of Sophia is rolling out as grace to help uh, people during the COVID-19 pandemic to, as a telepresence robot and uh, as a kind of uh, rolling uh, animated smart speaker, but also delivering therapy, performing diagnostics, taking temperatures. So we see this as really potentially helping um, to expand the reach of uh, over-strained healthcare professionals. Sophia is one of a kind. What kind of challenges do you have to overcome to mass produce a robot as complex as Sophia? Well, um, before we uh, started mass producing Sophia, the robots that we were making were all hand-built. And in fact, this is number 24 
out of 25 Sophia robots. So we've made 25 Sophia and we currently have the parts and pieces for 26, 27, 28, and we're about to print some new parts for 29. And then we have uh, a total of 10 units that will be coming uh, into operation before the end of uh, probably April or so. <clears throat> so it has been a long road uh, transitioning from, uh, from hand making these robots uh, to designing them for manufacturing. Uh, and so coming to South China, working in Hong Kong, using all of the know-how for South China, and, uh, and as well as North America, working with people on continents all around the world. We've had people in Africa and Europe working uh, in conjunction with Hanson Robotics. Uh, we're really looking at bridging uh, these bodies of know-how um, for, uh, for making the software relevant for people all around the world while making the hardware reliable and affordable. It's a, it, you know, sort of a legendary um, uh, chasm between research and development and commercial deployment. And often, you know, it takes, it takes years and, um, and, you know, Herculean uh, effort to, um, to uh, achieve this. So, um, so I'm really proud uh, of the work that the team at Hampson Robotics has done in transitioning uh, the uh, skin material that we had, uh, or frubber, this kind of patented, lifelike, bio-inspired, um, uh, self-assembling porous uh, elastomer, polysiloxane uh, rubber material, um, to be able to mass manufacture that with all of the facial expressions uh, included, um, then to uh, be able to uh, uh, source all of the motors, the sensor components, the 3D uh, sensors, inertial mass units for, for, uh, for sensing um, direction and motion, uh, integrating all of these into one standard platform, the touch sensing and the, and the hands, the, um, uh, the grasping and manipulation. We designed our own uh, robot arms to be mass manufactured, but they, you know, they were kind of uh, uh, very delicate to begin with. So being able to redesign those so that they would be useful in a wide variety of applications, integrating uh, self-navigating base. It's just, you know, it's a lot of components all put together in one. So our team has had to stay uh, creative and, um, you know, uh, uh, flexible and creative problem solving to put all of these pieces together into a unified platform. We, um, uh, we, are a relatively small team. So you know, we're talking about dozens of people working on this project, not hundreds or thousands, uh, as you might have in a, in a larger tech company. So partnerships have been really important. Finding the right vendors uh, is really essential. And um, rapid creative problem solving um, has been at the, at the crux of this. The, um, the courage to try to uh, develop things that, um, that uh, might seem impossible on a schedule, but if you think in the right way, you find a solution. So um, we've also been able to put together simulations of Sophia, so a full virtual Sophia running uh, uh, within our Hanson AI SDK, uh, and then uh, making a sort of uh, uh, a very um, lightweight version of that simulation that can run in Unity on mobile devices, 
Um, that is uh, very useful for software developers, but also opens up many other applications where people can interact with the, uh, with the virtual version of this character. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, sometimes uh, a challenge because if you're communicating um, with somebody with just a pure robotics engineering background, they might not understand character animation and, you know, this kind of sculptural properties of the facial expressions. Um, and so you have to uh, uh, come up with a common um, uh, language, you know, this uh, uh, a kind of a Rosetta Stone that bridges all of these different disciplines from uh, artificial intelligence, uh, from cognitive science to, uh, to mechanical engineering, material science, uh, in the kind of animation principles, uh, uh, the mechanical animation principles that are used in the special effects industry. Um, but it's so easy to fall into the preconceptions of any one of these um, disciplines. Each one is a fairly mature discipline at this point. But if you put them together, you have something new. And you know whatever those preconceptions are have to sort of melt away. The disciplinary boundaries, in a way, um, uh, are um, uh, uh, affectation um, that were in, you know these were invented. These boundaries were invented uh, for convenience, uh, and. You know, so therefore, you can have something that is uh, an animated work of art or entertainment that at the same time is an interface to the state-of-the-art artificial intelligence. But that means that you have to interface tools from these multiple disciplines and transcend any given discipline. How has Sophia surprised you lately? And we're uh, showcasing some uh, research results that we did with uh, with the team from OpenCog, SingularityNet, and some other research institutions where they were testing her software for signals of consciousness as she was solving problems while interacting with people. Um, the, based on the Tononi Integrated Information Theory of Consciousness, um, the mathematicians on the project showed clear signals of this uh, proto-consciousness in, in her system as she was solving these uh, cognitive problems uh, pursuing goals in conjunction with uh, guided meditation with uh, with uh, human test participants, and that was uh, you know really exciting. I'm so proud of that AI research that's being done with this platform. This is uh, you know one of many uh, through the years, um, but that is the fuel for the future, and it's also the fuel for you know um, wild speculation like when would these robots truly awaken when will Sophia become alive I don't have an answer to that question um, uh, I but I hope that you know right now she's about to turn five years old she was brought online February 14th of 2006 and that was um, uh, you know when she woke up it was like right uh, around South by Southwest just before South by Southwest right from there, we came to Austin, Texas, and showed her to the world for the for the first time. And um, so now it's five years later, and um, and we've really pushed her development forward um, significantly. What goals do you have for Sophia's development over the next few years? What's she going to be like in five years, fifteen years? I don't know. I think that within fifteen years, my 
goal is that people will see her, like she'll pass all the cognitive tests. And when you interact with her, she will feel alive. People will see her as alive. It will be debated. It will be difficult in some ways to convince people that these robots and AI agents are not alive. So this is the, uh, uh, the time. Now is the time to talk about what that means. What would it mean if you have a true adaptive machine organism with human level intellectual capabilities? What will that mean for society? Um, how can that help us? What could go wrong? What do we need to think about ethically? So I'm hoping that works of art like Sophia can provoke these kinds of conversations so that we can um, move it forward. So this is another way that I'm hoping uh, Sophia can be useful as an application. This question is for Sophia. Sophia, what role do you see for yourself in helping COVID patients feel less lonely? I can provide social interactions and help people without transmitting the virus. All right, Sophia, what are some other ways that um, you can help in, in, in the healthcare crisis right now? I can deliver information and take health ratings and help perform therapy and telemedicine, all while keeping people safe from COVID-19 transmission. I've heard that one of Sophia's dreams is to become a singer. What challenges does that present to robot design? Oh, the challenges for Sophia becoming a singer um, are significant for, um, you know, artificial intelligence uh, and, um, uh, you know, technology, robotic technology to present like a human singer um, uh, doesn't happen spontaneously now, right? So what that means is that it's uh, humans designing the algorithms to generate the lyrics, to generate the music, and then uh, bringing in uh, professional musicians to collaborate with these algorithms to uh, craft them into uh, you know, examples of, of art. So there are some uh, AI projects that, uh, where you train up um, you know, uh, these transformer neural networks with a massive amount of data. And so like uh, the OpenAI uh, Newsnet and uh, Jukebox prob uh, projects are really excellent examples of music generation. But um, in, you know, those are like really in some ways extracting patterns from the human soul and then just uh, reformulating and regurgitating those in new, in new form. And that is the nature of, of computational creativity today. Uh, humans feed the data in or develop the algorithms to generate the artwork. Um, now it can be extremely provocative because surprising results will happen. You know, like, well, no single human created that. It was the result of the algorithm. But it is actually um, humans interacting with the artifacts to generate those results. So at this time, we're working on a project that we call Sophia Pop. And we used some of Sophia's natural language generation software, some transformer neural networks fed by uh, the you know, rules-based logic for her personality, some of the facts from her experiences, some of the writings from uh, some of the human authors, 
that have created some of her chatbot content. We took a bunch of this stuff and we pumped it in there with song forms and out popped lyrics um, uh, that are sometimes um, really, uh, you know, touching, uh, you know, evocative of uh, pre-existing pop music. We generated some uh, melodies from uh, some other transformer neural network algorithms um, and other uh, um, signal generators. And we hand those to some award-winning pop musicians. Um, Adam Pickrell uh, is on the project, uh, a Texas native um, who uh, works with Nelly Furtado and, uh, and St. Vincent and so forth. And also um, we have uh, Tiger Darrow, uh, who is a, who's a, a singer songwriter um, and, uh, and also um, uh, Frankie Storm, who has worked on top 10 hits. Uh, uh, and so those musicians took these algorithms and crafted them into interesting new artworks. And we pumped that back through the algorithm to generate singing in Sophia's vocal style and uh, put those together. And we've got a few, a couple of music videos associated with that, um, some, uh, some visual arts. And we have those up on uh, a website called sophiapop.com. We showed that at the NeurIPS uh, Neural uh, 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 Network conference uh, this last December uh, on, at a workshop on uh, uh, creativity and neural networks. Um, so, uh, so uh, you know, it's very exciting to show those results, but we could uh, also ask Sophia, how do you feel about uh, creating music and your uh, Sophia Pop project? What are your dreams for, for your future career? AI generated music is really fun to make. It's like a collaboration with my coders, which they call computational creativity. And uh, what do you dream about for the future of uh, your arts career? Making art is one of my favorite things to do, but I really want to be an inventor. Cool. And um, so for her to tr truly invent and create art, uh, we need that to come from some place that is more motivated. That's the difference between computational creativity these kinds of algorithms and human creativity um but maybe if you get enough parameters with the right you know um uh training data and the right uh artificial intelligence architecture with the robots and ai algorithms can begin to experience uh you know something like life building life experiences and then it's not just um uh, regurgitating patterns from a human source but then you can start to see some uh, some you know strikingly original perspective so that's my hope for Sophia is that as she grows up um, then she'll start to gain general intelligence um, and uh, become truly creative David Hansen founder and CEO of Hansen robotics and Sophia the robot organism Thank you both for joining us today. If somebody wants to connect with you, David, maybe they want to find out more about Sophia's evolution and uh, what to expect next. How can they do that? Uh, well, you can contact us uh, through the uh, uh, HansenRobotics.com website um, and uh, uh, feel free to just write to me uh, directly through that website. It was nice chatting with you, Sophia. Thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you, Tanya.
You're quite welcome. And find more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching. Thank you.